0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the Professional Sports Talk Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jack Murphy. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. This Today's episode, we're going to go over the usual recap. We're going to be recapping all the action of week 14's NFL games. Of course, I'm sure most of you guys already know I did happen to be lucky enough to go to the Chargers game this weekend. I'll be posting a post later that I got with a I got a picture with Chris Harris Jr. Talked to him for a while. That was really cool. Got to talk to Austin Eckler after the game because obviously I went with his family. I'm sure most of you guys are already aware of that situation, so I won't go into it in too much detail. But it was an awesome opportunity. It was a lot of fun. Um, Glad to see it wasn't too interesting. (laughs) I think it was just a great performance overall by the team. I'm not going to talk about that game in particular too much just because we kind of expected the Chargers to win. There's not too much... um, news there. Obviously, Herbert made one of the absolute throws of the year that I'm sure you guys have seen over social media all over the place already. Um, Of course, I was using the bathroom when it happened. But hey, I got to see everything else before that. It was just an awesome opportunity to go to SoFi Stadium. Shout out the Ecklers for taking me and giving me a great time while I was down there. So of course, we're going to be going over a few of the games. And then we're going to close out this episode by just quickly talking about some some other storylines I think that are worth mentioning in the NFL. And then we're going to talk about some teams that I think are in a little bit of trouble. And I think that teams that can make serious, legitimate playoff pushes, and I'm going to kind of be doing that as I go along. So I'm just going to be reviewing some of these games. Again, this is going to be a little shorter episode than usual, um, mostly because, again, I like to do my notes and review kind of on the go on Sunday, but I didn't get to watch as much football as I normally do. I still watch some of the replays that I really wanted to get to, but again, being at that game and Kind of being busy all day doing that, I didn't really have an opportunity to watch too many of the games. So, of course, being on a limited time frame, I got to watch the film of most of these games, um, but not every single one. So again, games like you know Seattle, Houston, like uh, like I said, the Giants, Chargers, games like that, where they're just pretty predictable in their essence. I'm not going to go into deep of debt into deep of detail at all, but that's okay because we're going to start it off with Thursday night football. Uh, this was the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Minnesota Vikings. This was an absolutely crazy game. Um, mostly because it was one of those games that you almost want to stop watching. It was 29 to nothing with three minutes left in the third or something like that. And, um, I got to give credit to Ben Roethlisberger. He played a really good game. He had a lot of great decisions. It really did look like vintage Roethlisberger. It really feels like he's, uh, He's turning it on while he still can because he knows his time is so limited. Obviously, he's not expected to be back there next year. We knew that before that whole story came out about him not wanting to come back and expecting to be his last year and all that stuff. But regardless, this is a great performance um, by him, even if they couldn't pull out the win. The Vikings just keep finding ways to make every single game competitive. Uh, It's actually, it's absurd. It's, It's completely ridiculous that out of their seven, or excuse me, out of their what, they've played 14 games now, 13 games now, seven of them. Yeah, they're six and seven, so 13 games. Seven of them have gone down to the last play. That is absolutely ridiculous. When I saw that statistic, I believe it was Kyle Brandt that pointed it out to me in uh, Good Morning Football. That was just, I couldn't, I could not believe that. Like not even the last drive, not even the last quarter, the last play, like literally the last seconds of the fucking game. So in the same essence, I guess, you know, the Vikings are, make for very good TV, and um, they didn't disappoint in this one either. Uh, I was just fully expecting them to, I think everyone was, just roll over the Steelers. It really didn't look like a game at much point, at one point at all. The Vikings were just moving the ball um, extremely well. Dalvin Cook was absolutely slashing them in the early parts of this game. Uh, Justin Jefferson got a very early touchdown. It just looked like they were going to run away with the thing, and then the Steelers just stuck around. Kirk made two of the worst plays he's made all year and his two interceptions. Um, it was just, he's been so mistake free and so consistent all year. It's very surprising to see him do something like that. Even if you know, it's, he, he is still Kirk cousins, you know, he still has that reputation of kind of folding in prime time, but I definitely didn't see this coming down to the wire the way it really did. I definitely didn't see this going down the way it did. Um, I gotta give credit to Dalvin Cook, he had an absolute amazing game, and although Alexander Madison is a phenomenal backup, it is clear that this offense is far and away better when Dalvin Cook is in full strength. They still are a run first offense, they still want to work off of him, they still want to work off play action, and he just did everything they needed him to. Again, particularly in the beginning of the game, he was just getting through gaping holes, Um, I've got the stats up in front of me. Yeah, he had 28 touches for 222 yards and two touchdowns. So he was just an absolute beast. Um, Caught a pass there for 17 yards as well. Um, Just a really great game for him. Again, ended up being a really good game. Um, Didn't expect it to be this high scoring. I did say it was going to be competitive, um, but I did think the Vikings were going to win. Again, didn't make it my best bet. So thank God. Um, Oh yeah, I forgot to mention my best bets. I did very well in my best bets last week. I believe I had four of them and I believe I went three and one. Uh let me go back to the schedule really quick so I can just double check on that. Cause I took I can I can I remember them. Um I took the Cowboys, I took the Bengals was the one that missed, and then I took the Falcons and I want to say I took one more, right? I don't remember. Oh yeah, yeah, I took the Titans over. Um, the Jaguars, which was the easiest lock of the week in my opinion last week um, So again, the only one that missed there was the 49ers and Bengals and I guess while we're talking about that game We can just jump straight into that game because that was another game that I did get to watch the film of I did have a really Really good time watching it and there's a few key takeaways that I really thought about this game. Um Again, I didn't get to extensively go over a lot of these games as much as I usually do and my notes are a little, I'm taking a little bit of a different approach and trying to go more off gut and what I just remember because I feel like sometimes when I write too much down on my notes, I can kind of distract myself and I don't really get into that flow that I really like to get into. Um, so, some things that I did write about this game though is that the bangles are, while I can see why they have a run-first mentality, and it has worked for them very well at times. We saw it in that Raiders game, for example, and we've seen it a few times over the past couple weeks. Joe Mixon is practically their entire engine to their offense. If he's getting going, their whole, their, again, their whole team is getting going, and I don't know if I completely agree with that mentality anymore you know in the beginning of the year i could really see why they were doing it you know they're trying to protect joe burrow obviously he's coming off a devastating injury last year he's still a very young quarterback he's their future they need to you know keep him safe but uh, i think it was mike renner of pff had a very very good point um they're putting him in these high pressure situations because they run so often and first on second downs and they're forcing him let's just say you know those runs on first and second downs like in this game very very similar to what i saw happen um the san francisco defense was making a lot of really really good stops um as far as just not letting joe mixon get going he didn't have his best game i can actually pull up his stats right here yeah he was only averaging 3.2 yards a carry he did have 18 touches so again a pretty good workload um but And they stayed very patient with it, but at a certain point, you can't stay so patient with it when you're getting stopped on first and second down and the run's not completely working. I think you kind of need to have that psychology where at the end of the day, you still have a, a very good quarterback talent. You still have very, very good perimeter weapons around him. Uh, maybe you establish the pass first, so then the run can work off that. You don't just have to establish the run and have everything work off that and then get the pass to get going from there. Of course, it's a, it's a formula we've seen work time and time again in the NFL. But again, we've also seen the Kansas City Chiefs do things where they'll completely abandon the run at some times. And the Buffalo Bills, it's like whatever you have to do to move the chains, just move the chains. It's not like it's you have to you know, be not throwing on first and second down. It's not like you have to be running on first and second down. It's just, I don't know. I think the play calling was a little weird in this game. And it's a, honestly, it's a great credit to the talent on their team that they were able to make this a competition. Because at one point it did look like the 49ers were kind of just going to run away with the thing. I believe it was 20 to six at one point in the third quarter. And then Cincinnati caught fire in the fourth because they let Joe Burrow air it out so much and they let him make some magic happen with his pr- weapons on the perimeter. So again, I just thought the play calling was a little weird. And I, again, I, I've i said again too many times. <laughs> I want to reemphasize that I get why they're establishing the run. I get that they want to protect Joe Burrow, but when the run isn't working on first and second down, you still have Joe Burrow and those weapons for a reason. It's not just so you can make big plays down the field. It's not just so you can throw the ball on third down. And particularly because if you're throwing the ball every third down and Joe needs, know that he needs to move that chain on that very down, he's gonna try and extend plays. He's gonna scramble out of the pocket. He's gonna hold on to that ball, that extra second fraction longer, and then he's gonna get hit more. And then injuries are gonna come with that. So, I think they have to do a little rethinking, a little revamping in their offense. I think they do have to lean on Joe Burrow more, and I don't think that that's a bad thing at all because again, you that's why you drafted him. I get that you don't want to be a team like Buffalo or we've seen Kansas City at times or even LA get away from their running game and asking their young quarterback to do too much. But when he's this talented, why not just let him loose a little bit? I don't know. I think it could have been a lot different of a game if they just weren't running the ball so frequently on first and second bounds. But that was a very long way to say it. Overall, it's just got to give credit to the Niners. They're playing very hard football right now. They're back on a winning record. Um, They are looking like they're going to get a playoff spot right now. And George Kittle is looking like he's the best tight end in the game. Uh, He is just an absolute freak. I mean, 13 catches, I believe, for I I mean, I can get the stats right here. Uh yes, thirteen catches for 151 yards and a touchdown. And never mind what he can do in the passing or excuse me in the run blocking game as well. We know how much of a beast he is. He had an absolute amazing game. Um, he is just so so ridiculous. Uh, there were so many times where he just makes such it, it's it, it's almost his awareness. It's that what's like it's like the Jordan uh complex, I guess because. He always seems to pull up at the biggest moments. He always seems to pull through for them. And he is just by far and away, in my opinion, other than Trent Williams, I think he's their best player. Um, of course, you can make an argument for Debo Samuel. Um, but George Kittle, just what he means to that offense, what he does for that team when he's on the field. He's such an impactful tight end, and he's just such a mismatch. Like, there's no way defenses can contain that dude. And he is an absolute stud. Him and G, Jimmy G have something great going on there. And again, uh. I did say coming into this game that I trusted the Niners to make less mistakes, or excuse me, the Niners to make more mistakes than the Bengals would. And I really didn't trust Jimmy G to, you know, have the best ball security. I thought this Bengals defense was going to cause a couple turnovers. And honestly, both offenses played very clean games. Jimmy Jimmy didn't have an uh, interception, neither did Burrow. But the Bengals special teams really screwed them over a couple times in this game. I believe there were two muff kicks that just absolutely cannot happen against a team like the 49ers who you know want to establish a run, run, want to limit their mistakes, and again, credit to the Bengals and their talent for even bringing this game close, because it didn't look like this game was going to be entertaining at all. It really did come down to it, and I think that the Bengals will make the proper adjustments, and I still think the AFC North should run through them. Whoa. Okay, I spent a lot of time on that game. Sorry about that, guys. Just got carried away, but that was one of my favorite games of the weekend. It really was. I watched that film more thoroughly than most. So I guess the next game we can talk about, let's just move in order from, uh, actually I'm, I'm backtracking a little bit, but that's okay. I, I'm not going to talk about this game too long. Anyways, let's just get it over with really quick. Let's talk about the Falcons at the Panthers. Uh, the Panthers are pretty much completely toast. Let's be honest. Um, it was so weird what they were doing with, uh, the story of course is Cam Newton and, uh, PJ Walker how Cam Newton came out for like the two-minute drill at the end of the half, and then P.J. Walker ended up throwing a pick anyways. Um, Cam Newton threw a pick to A.J. Terrell, which was very exciting. I said that that was going to happen. Actually, that might have been P.J. Walker, now that I think about it. I probably should have wrote that down, but that's okay. Uh, Cam actually looked very good rushing the ball, particularly at the beginning of the game. I believe he scored the first touchdown of the game in this one. I can't fully remember off the top of my head. It might have been the second one, but either way, he looked really good running the ball at first. They kind of got away from it a little bit. Chuba um, Hubbard. I mean, they clearly just miss Christian McCaffrey so much, right? Like Chuba Hubbard, he was fine, but I mean, he wasn't very efficient. He was ten for thirty-three, so averaging a little over three yards a carry. It's not great. And um, this team, you basically just have to blow it up, shoot for next year. Uh, it's they're gonna have a hard time doing it because they guaranteed Sam Darnold's fifth-year option, and they traded a couple picks for him for next year's draft. But, I mean, I still believe in this team. They still have a very good defense. I could still see why a veteran quarterback would want to go there in free agency. Um, I think that – I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to think of someone who really could end up there. I mean, if Deshaun Watson figures all this stuff out, I mean, I could maybe see that happening. I don't really see, like, a Russell Wilson or, like, a Matt Ryan going there simply because, obviously, I don't think Matt Ryan is – I don't think the Falcons are going to trade him to, you know, someone in the division, but something like that, maybe, maybe they go after a guy like Gardner Minshew. I mean, who knows? There's a bunch of different things that could happen. Um, I, again, I don't really think like one of those top tier guys gets here, but poor, I mean, (coughs) well, excuse me. Hold on. Oh, Drink some water. All right. um, But yeah, I mean, It's so weird to think the Falcons are still in the mix for the NFC playoffs. It just shows you after those first like five or six teams in the NFC, it's just so weak. And truthfully right now, I think the Falcons are probably a little bit better than the Washington football team. But again, it's like, do you really want to see either one of those teams in the playoffs? Like not really, but one of them is more than likely going to end up making it in if it's not like the Eagles or some team like that. My point is that seventh seed in the NFC playoffs is going to be very weak. Um, And most of my takeaways from this game is that the Falcons might make the playoffs and they probably don't deserve it. And the Panthers have a long off season ahead of them. They're going to have to start thinking about next year and their quarterback situation is just an absolute mess. So again, just like I said, not going over that game too extensively, not too much to talk about there. Again, I don't really think either of those teams are going to be too impactful in January. So we can just skip over that one. All right. Sorry, guys. I just needed to gather myself for a second. I don't know. My English wasn't working quite right there. But I guess quickly, two-sentence summary about the Raiders-Chiefs game. Um, the Raiders just, man, they're absolutely falling apart right now. They're just in free fall. It's, they definitely peaked too early. Whereas the Chiefs, I, it's it's crazy to see how quickly this defense switched from just absolute garbage to seriously, like, arguably the second or third best defense in the AFC. Obviously there's they're competing with teams like the Patriots, the Titans. Uh maybe I mean you can maybe throw the Browns up there. But did like legitimately or the Bills obviously the Bills got have an amazing defense. So they're like top five in the AFC. Regardless, they're playing so much better football. Chris Jones is just an absolute fucking stud. Uh their offense still isn't in full strength unless they're playing the Raiders apparently. But even in this game they didn't look like quite themselves like the completely stretch the field just take over games you know score like 24 points in a quarter type of offense but regardless they're going to be very dangerous in the afc team should very much be taking them seriously and this thursday night game against the chargers is going to be extremely interesting i'm very very excited to talk about this game i'm actually going to talk about it at the end of this podcast simply because i don't know if t- uh, my preview pod is going to be out for that game and i really really want to talk about that game so let's just bump it to the end of this thing i can look up the odds once i get through all my recaps another game i just quickly want to touch on because oh, i don't think i mean whatever we'll see how long i talk about it is the cowboys at washington um this was a one of those games again that was kind of looking like it wasn't going to be a game dallas is dallas's defense was just suffocating washington's offense and washington couldn't get anything going at all taylor heineke went down with injury terry McLaurin went down with injury it was just like ah shit like the how are the cowboys ever gonna give washington any breathing room at all and then just when you're thinking that they did uh dak has looked kind of off since he's hurt that calf their offense does not look completely 100 you know like good to go, just rolling on all cylinders because they're not. It's honestly their defense that's winning them a lot of games. As we know, Micah Parsons had two and a half sacks in this game. He's an absolute monster. Their defense is playing really, really, really good football. Um, I think that they could seriously be the difference in a lot of these games in the January, um, depending on where they play. But yeah, Dak had two picks in this game. He was only 22 for 39 completion, um, averaging well under 11, or 10 yards of completion. Just didn't really play very well at all Zeke wasn't terribly efficient running it they definitely missed Tony Pollard in this game though you gotta say um C.D. Lamb still looking like the best receiver there uh no really surprises there but yeah Washington it was just I don't know it was again this is a team that it's kind of hard to get excited over they might make the playoffs somehow but it's just very hard to buy in on them right now um this dog needs to be quiet in one second guys yeah, it's just very, very hard to buy in on Washington right now. Um, even if they do make a playoff spot, it's kind of weird to think that they would uh, you know, beat one of those division winners in the playoffs. Oh, my God, this dog. So, yeah, not too much to talk about there. My main takeaways in that game was that I am a little worried about Dallas' offense. I still think they need to get healthy. I still think that there's a few things not quite clicking there. I don't love their play calls. I think Mike McCarthy's not doing the best job bringing this talent together. But I mean, I like the Dan Quinn hire on the defensive side. I like a lot of their playmakers on the defensive side of the ball, which I really didn't think I would have been saying before the season started. And we've seen their offense be very efficient earlier in the season. So I still think they can get it together. I still think they can seriously be a problem in the NFC. But I don't think they're quite in that tier of like the Packers, um, and the buccaneers honestly with that loss last night the cardinals might not quite be in that tier either the cardinals and the cowboys might kind of be in the same type of range for me along with the rams and the niners The Niners are probably like a bit below that. But whatever, I'm getting ahead of myself. My point is the Cowboys can still be very dangerous. They need to fix their offense a little bit. Mike McCarthy needs to really look at his play calling and see how he's using his guys better. But overall, a lot of playmakers there. Still a lot to look forward to. Cowboy fans should be very pleased with what they've got going. All right, next game I want to talk about. uh, Again, not going to go over this one too extensively. And then I'm going to go over one in quite... Eh, not like immense detail, but whatever. And then I'm going to go over one more and then I'm going to preview the Chiefs Chargers game. We've got the Browns at the Raven No, Ravens at the Browns, right? Yeah, I think this I think this was in Cleveland. Why can't I remember now? Yeah, it totally was, right? I don't know. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Point is, um this game I had to be a little bit impressed with the Ravens, I got to say. Um when Lamar went down with that injury and the Browns were kind of just you know, out-muscling the Ravens. It was really just domination on both sides of the football in terms of both sides of the line of scrimmage. Um, And then Lamar obviously goes down. You just don't really think much of it. You can't, like, I mean, you don't really think much of the Ravens at that point. You can't really think that they're going to come back in that game and actually make it interesting with Tyler Huntley under center. But they did, so credit to them. Uh, got to give a lot of credit to Harbaugh in this one. The fact that he's dealt with so many injuries and still been competitive with a team that we got to give Cleveland credit. They're still very talented, even if they have had some issues this year. Um, they still know the Ravens very well. Um, you got to give credit to Harbaugh for keeping it this close. Baker didn't have a great game. I mean, he still had, he had 22 completions for 190 yards. So it's not like he was airing the ball out by any means. His average depth of target was not very far at all. He still had an interception in this game. Um, They held the the Browns running backs to pretty good numbers. Dearness Johnson was the most efficient in terms of yards per carry. But again, he only had four touches. Nick Chubb only averaged three and a half yards of carry, which is an absolute rarity with him. Um, So yeah, I mean, it was just the Browns looked really hot early And then the second half, they looked like a completely different team. They didn't score in the second half. Luckily for them, their defense showed up really big. Miles Garrett made a lot of big plays and big moments, including right at the very end of the game there. Uh, Jadavian Clowney played a very good game. Uh, this Browns defense is still, I think, one of the best in the league. I really do think that. I just think that their offense can put them in really bad spots. It's kind of the same way like the Panthers defense looks a lot worse in recent weeks because their offense is so like incompetent that they just keep are on the field all the time or just put in terrible field position because of turnovers. Um, So again, I'm still believing in this Browns team very, very much. I still think this AFC North is very much open for the competition. I said this last week. I'm still very much concerned with the Ravens and how they're going to deal with all these injuries. I do think they peaked very early, and I still think that this AFC North, I think the the Bengals should be favored, but again, it's going to come down to it. These Browns definitely have a shot of still winning this division. Uh, I think the Ravens are still technically in first place because they have the best record out of all of them. I think the that Cincy's 7 and 6, Cleveland 7 and 6, and then Baltimore's 8 and 5. So again, it's going to be really close. It's going to come down to it. It's going to be a very very interesting division. To see how this all plays out. Um I wouldn't make any bets on it. I just I really don't know what to expect from these teams. Uh my main takeaways are just that the Ravens continue to show that they're well well coached. Besides their injuries, and they continue to be competitive with teams they know very well, aka the Browns, the Steelers, teams like that. Um, But again, I don't really think that they're set up for long-term AFC playoff success. I think those injuries are really going to catch up to them, and I really think they peaked early. As far as the Browns go, again, it's kind of a similar situation to the Ravens. Um, I think injuries are really hindering them, especially to Baker. Um, I still, I mean... He's not playing great let's just be honest his shoulders still got to be affecting him um i still think they can be a little more dangerous than the ravens right now simply because they're getting healthier and their defense is very very good they've as is they just have more depth so even if they get a little more injuries than they have now and comparing the two they're much healthier than the ravens right now they can deal with a little bit of injuries because again that depth is really going to help them out and i think these teams are in very similar planes it's good to see a score like this because I think it really is representative of where these teams are at. I mean, if they played 10 times tomorrow or, you know what I mean, if they played 10 times, you know, fucking for 10 weeks in a row, the Browns would probably win and they were in the exact same state they're in right now. I mean, the Browns would probably win like six times out of 10. So again, it's just very competitive, very competitive game, very fun to watch. Um, credit to the Ravens and John Harbaugh for almost bringing it back. All right, last game I want to talk about. Actually, let's let's do two more. Let's do two more cuz why not? I don't know. What how much? Yeah, 25 minutes, chill. I'll do two more. All right. Next game, I've got the Bills at Bu- or excuse me. Yeah, Bills at Bucks. I, I said that right? No, nah, I, I don't know why I thought it was in Buffalo for a second. Um yeah, I mean, it was just it was just the Josh Allen show. Let's be completely honest. It the Bills fucking, they kind of took that Cowboys week or one approach where they just said, look, we know the Bucks are very, very good at defending the run. So we're literally just not going to run the ball. And <laughs> Josh Allen was their leading rusher by a mile. He had 12 carries for 109 yards. And so that's not really the same thing. Like, sure, that's, you can call that establishing a run game, but I think it's a little different when you're, it's running all through your quarterback, especially a dual threat quarterback like that. I don't know. I don't really consider it the same thing. But yeah, it was just the Josh Allen show. They, he is by far and away, it's what I've been saying for many weeks now, they're way too Josh Allen oriented and now it's reported that he was in a boot after the game. Um, so clearly, that's not going to give you the best long-term success. I really don't think that's where they're going to find it. Uh, luckily for them, he's so damn talented that it does work a lot of weeks and their defense, of course, is very, very good. Um, but he was 36 for 54. So again, good completion percent. I believe that's 66 off the top of my head. Um, he did have a pretty bad pick in there. Um, but he had 12 carries as well. So in total he had 48 touches and that, again, it's just not sustainable on a quarterback. It's not sustainable for a team in general. Um, and again, Brady adds to his MVP race. I said that. Before the game, Leonard Fournette had a very, very good game. He's looking more and more like playoff Lenny. He averaged 5.9 a carry. Had a touchdown in this one. Tom Brady got a touchdown in this one. He also had a few carries, which is kind of, kind of scary to see. You don't really love to see your 44 year old quarterback running out of the pocket. And he didn't initiate contact on one of them, but. Um, he worked through contact, I guess you could say, extended for a first down. Bruce Arians in the press conference said, yeah, that's enough of that shit. Yeah, I, I'd agree, dude. I'd, that made me nervous as hell. I hate seeing Tom Brady do that shit because, one, we're not used to it, and two, it's just, man, it's scary. You don't want to see someone like that get injured. He's, it's just, it'd be awful. But on back, coming back to the Bills, because, again, they're way too Josh Allen-oriented. In the same aspect, he's so talented, like I said. It did work out for them. They were looking like, again, it was one of these games where it was looking like, oh, shit, it's just going to be a blowout. This isn't even a game. There was a lot of that this week. And then before you knew it, you checked your TV again, and it was like, holy shit, the Bills just fucking went on an absolute tear. They scored 24 um, to the Buccaneers, three in the second half, tied the game, obviously went to overtime, uh, made it extremely interesting. Josh Allen played out of his goddamn mind in the second half, literally being asked to do everything. Uh, I I do feel, I have to feel a little bit bad for that guy because he can't have you know the Leonard Fournette and the offensive line that Tom Brady has. He's immensely talented. He's going to be a very, very good quarterback for a long time to come. That extension they signed is completely worth it of him. But they do need to get him some help as far as the run game, as far as the offensive line goes, because again, it's not very sustainable. And that was mostly what I took away from this game. I thought I learned a lot more from the Bills than I did for the Buccaneers. I was just very impressed that the Bills made it this close, especially considering they were in Florida and it was very hot conditions. It was like 86. The fact that they gathered themselves and... After already playing a half of football came out and scored 24 to three is just, that's, that's a great feat in Tampa, in that humidity, when you're coming from a very cold atmosphere. I think that goes, um, I'm not enough. People have been talking about that because they already played a whole half of football. They should have been gassed as hell because it was hot as fuck. And they came out and whooped the Bucks ass and really brought it back to them. But Brady being Brady, the clutch goat he is, made an excellent throw. Um, again, elevating other players around him. Brashad Perriman, someone who was, you know, on a f- few teams already this year. He was on the Bears earlier this year. I believe he was signed with the Lions before being dropped by them. And then ultimately making it on to the Buccaneers practice squad being lifted for this game. Makes the one catch he made the entire game. 58-yard bomb. Touchdown. Um, and I've got to give credit to Bruce Arian- or it was probably Brian Leftwich or whoever the, I don't know. Whoever made that play, it was a great play design. Tremaine Edmonds got completely turned up. uh, By the time he realized the receiver was gone, it was already too late. And yeah, it was just a very entertaining game. Um, Again, I did say that this could be a potential Super Bowl preview before this game. And honestly, after this game, I kind of thought that it could be that even more. I was again, really impressed with the bills. They still need some more balance, but Hey, if they don't absolutely need it and Josh Allen's going to play this out of his mind and just, carry the team like he is in this game, they can compete with absolutely anybody in the AFC. So again, a great game, um, great game pan by the Bills and the Buccaneers and a great second half by the Bills overall. Both these teams are going to be very, very dangerous in the playoffs. I'll just say it that way. All right, final recap I got for you guys before I get to my preview of the Chiefs and the Chargers. We got the Los Angeles Rams visiting the Arizona Cardinals. Again, just a great game. Just... <sighs> Looked like, I don't know, it was, Matt Stafford just played out of his goddamn mind. I'll just start with, I, I was about to say, I don't really know where to start, but I'll start there. Matt Stafford absolutely silenced everyone. We were, a lot of questions coming into this game, because obviously he was not playing great football the four games before this. They'd lost three out of the last four before starting red hot. Um And he, he looked excellent. He made just ridiculous throw after ridiculous throw after ridiculous throw. There was one where he's getting hit no look there was a perfect perfect i mean perfect like literally six inches away from being a pick um tight perfect ball that it was a rollout to the right cooper cup corner of the end zone touchdown cooper cup just continuing to look like the absolute best receiver in football I'm feeling more and more stupid for taking Robert Woods over him in a couple drafts. Um, Odell Beckham's really coming into his own in this offense. It's very good to see that. Um, the Sony Michelle trade is already paying huge dividends for them, with Daryl Henderson being on the COVID list. And Sony Michelle, I believe, was their only active running back on their roster this week. So, again, just paying off huge there. Um, just getting big plays from their guys when they really needed it. Kyler Murray was. Off his game, he made a couple of bad decisions. Uh, he had a couple picks in there. one of them, the Aaron Donald like tipped ball to Ernest John or Ernest Jones, I think his name is, uh, was just a good play by Aaron Donald. There's not much you can do there. That's just an All Pro doing All Pro things. But that pick that Leonard for, or I almost said Leonard Fournette, the Leonard Floyd had. That was just all Kyler. He shouldn't have tried to snuck, sneak that ball in. You're 5'10. Leonard Floyd's like 6'6, six, six, I believe, or 6'4, something like that, 6'5, somewhere in there. He's a lengthy ass linebacker that, of course, like he's normally rushing the passer. You're not really used to seeing him in coverage like that. You maybe think that he's not going to have the best ball skills. But again, it's just that was a ball that you shouldn't even be throwing. I get that it's, I believe it was third down, uh, third and long, I believe, like third and eight, I want to say. And so I get that you're getting desperate, but you got to live to fight another down. That's what really separates the great ones from the good ones. And that was just a stupid play. Aaron Donald looked absolutely unstoppable in this game. Um, A lot of their other key players showed up big. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins did not play like himself at all. He looked honestly really bad. He had one really bad drop that could have turned into a pick. Um, And it it was on a fourth and two when momentum was really coming towards Arizona again and stuff like that just could not happen. A.J. Green actually looked like the best receiver. Honestly, James Conner looked like the best receiver on this team that week, which is just fucking nuts. James Conner had an absolute day, if you're not aware. He had nine catches for 94 yards. He had 13 more carries for 31 yards and two rushing touchdowns. He had an absolute day, looks phenomenal. Very cool to see that. But again, Kyler Murray with pretty good passing stats, uh, 32 for 49. 383 yards but he had two picks no touchdowns that's just not sustainable you can't expect to beat a team as talented as the rams doing that type of stuff so again that is my cat playing with a plastic cup sonny sonny she's gonna do it again i just know it well if you guys hear that in the background just sorry i'm trying to get this done kind of in a hurry if you can't tell um (laughs) uh but yeah i mean it was a great game um Credit to the Cardinals for even keeping it this close with those turnovers. And that was really just the difference in this game. Both these teams are extremely competitive. These teams might meet in the playoffs again, which would be fucking awesome. I love the, how these teams play each other. These teams make for great TV, explosive offenses, playmakers on defense. So again, those two turnovers on Kyler just ended up being the difference in this game. And Matt Stafford just had an absolute amazing game. All right. So let's go ahead and preview the Chargers and the Chiefs game last week. I'm going to look up the odds. On them, so I can give you guys a little bit better idea because I wasn't expecting to do this before today, but that's okay. Um, so right now, the Chiefs are favored by three points. I know this game is in. Um, oh my god! I have to fucking. Oh, they're making me block my ad block so I can see it. Um, there we go. All right, so the over under is at fifty two. The spread is at three. Money line one seventy for the Chiefs. Um, Chargers are five and one against the spread in their last six Thursday night games. It's a pretty random stat. Regardless, um, this game has absolutely massive implications for the AFC West playoff race. It's going to be a banger. I'll just say it that way. It kind of sucks to see my, or whoa, 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 where my loyalties reside. I almost said my chargers. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Um. It's kind of shitty to see the Chargers go from a Sunday game to a short week across the country, you know? Uh, but with the Chiefs really coming into their own on defense and if their offense can just keep playing the way they've been playing, they let their run game do a lot. Creed Humphrey is looking like an absolute fucking all-pro on the center. Or in on Whoa, what am I trying to fucking say? In the center position... Creed Humphrey's looking like an all-pro. Um, if Patrick Mahomes can get a little swagger back at home, I, either way, this should be a really, really good game. should be a shootout. Him and Herbert always just have amazing games against each other. Keenan Allen was activated off of the COVID reserves. I don't think they're having too many other cases besides that. Um, I think a real key factor to this game is Chris Jones and how the Chargers contain Chris Jones in the middle. I think that's going to have huge implications in this game because we know how much... Of Rashawn Slater is just an absolute wall on the edge against Frank Clark or Melvin Ingram. Uh, Hopefully, Austin Eckler is completely healthy for that game and full go, because again, that'll help the Chargers in huge effects too. Um, Either way, don't really know what I would bet here. I don't know if I'd go near this game. I kind of like the Chiefs. Uh, I feel a little wrong saying that. It kind of breaks my heart. The over-under 52 is something that I do like a lot more. I got to say, I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. Um, again, wouldn't be surprised if it's lower scoring than we think if these defense really take over, if the weather's a little colder there in Kansas city, which I could imagine this time of year would be, that wouldn't surprise me at all. But again, just with all these weapons on the outside, just with how these offenses have played in the past, I could again, see this being a high scoring game. Not too, not too sure if I'd go near this in the betting scene, but very excited to watch this game tomorrow should be a great game. And that's going to do it for me. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. If you did enjoy, be sure to share with your friends and family. It really does mean a lot that you guys continue to support Professional Sports Talk Podcast. Be sure to follow my Instagram at Professional Sports Talk for constant updates on the NFL and NBA. And that's going to do it for me, guys. Thank you so much for listening and have a great one. Peace.